Hello, this is Graham Cook. Welcome to the Brilliant Perspectives podcast. Hey, this is Graham Cook, and today we're talking about what to do when you're in a toxic environment and you're being judged by people who are just pulling you up for every single thing. If you've never been in that kind of environment, just turn me off and go for a coffee. (laughs) But if you have, well, I have some thoughts. The first thing is, um, it's never about other people and what they're saying. It's about you and the Lord and what he's saying to you. So the only, if if all we're trying to do is make a retort, to give an answer back, then the chances are we could be just as, just, just as judgmental and toxic as the people who are having a go at us. So the first place is, what does God say about you? Who is God for you? And what's his perspective on this whole thing of, you know, doing things that are wrong? My perspective is that, you know, Jesus was judged for everything in my life. And so, uh, and he set me free. Everything that uh, Colossians 2.14 says that he took away the list of ordinances that was against me and he nailed it to a tree. So So the only person who can accuse me is the enemy. And when he shows up, my public defender, who is Jesus, he shows up too. So my attitude to the enemy, if you want to judge me, you're going to have to do it with Jesus standing next to me. And I don't think you're going to like that. That's a foretaste of what you're going to get down the road. So I don't think that's going to be very pleasurable for you. So here's a thought. What if if Jesus took all your sin away and everything that was written against you or spoken against you, he took that away too, then right now, nothing is wrong. Maybe something's missing from your life, and Jesus is totally committed to giving you that. But what if when he looks at you, he doesn't see anything wrong about you? Because he knows that Jesus took it away. It'd be a little bit like, you know, uh, I don't know what it's like where you live, but here in Santa Barbara, we have these amazing people who every Wednesday we put our trash out on the side of the road and they take it away the next day. It's like so gorgeous. One minute it's there, the next minute it's not. And you never have to worry about it. That's exactly what it's like in the kingdom. But can you imagine if, you know, that evening uh, your doorbell rings and it's a guy standing there you don't know and he says, hi, my name's Don or whatever, I'm your trash guy. Um, This is the first time we've connected because, frankly, you're always in bed when we come in the morning. But anyway, um, it's a pleasure serving you. And we thought just for a change, we'd bring it all back. So uh, we don't know where your trash cans are because, you, dude, you hide them really well. So we just laid it out on the lawn. You probably got a little bit from, you know, the neighbors on either side, but uh, you'll work it out. Anyway... Have a nice evening. What do you think? In the history of trashdom in your city, has anyone ever brought the trash back? No. What's true in the natural 
is true in the spirit. What Jesus took away can't come back. He took away our sin nature, and it's not coming back. It didn't make it out of the grave. When Jesus rose from the dead and we rose with him, our old man did not rise from the dead. It's still down there. We rose in newness of life in Christ. So here's the thing. We don't have a sin nature anymore. We just have a sin habit. You know, and that's just made up of learned experiences, the environment we grew in, things that have attached ourselves to us, some memories. Even the world in which we live, if we pay too much attention to the chaos of the world, it kind of like rubs off on us. So we're learning not how to avoid sin. We're learning how to become righteous. So here's the thing with the Father. When he looks at you, he sees you in Jesus And he treats you as he treats Jesus. He loves you like he loves Jesus. So when the Father looks at you, he doesn't see anything wrong. He just sees what's missing from your relationship with him. And he's totally committed to giving you that encounter. So when these wonderful people start judging you for things... No point in you getting bent out of shape because you know that Jesus has already dealt with this. So all they're pointing to is you might have some habits. Hey, well, this is a good moment to change it. If someone is saying to you, what's wrong with you? What it really means is they don't understand the gospel. They don't understand the truth that sets us free. Because in the kingdom, you know, there is a difference between state and and standing you know your state is how you see yourself you can see yourself as weak foolish you can be ashamed you can be condemned you can feel unworthy not good enough you know like the spies in the old testament they felt like grasshoppers stupid thing to think hey but some people sheesh you know they thought they were not big enough and not strong enough compared to what your state is how you see yourself. Your standing is how God sees you. And he sees you in Christ. He sees you fully redeemed. He sees you in the new man. He never sees the old man because he's pretty sure that he killed it off in Jesus. Because, I mean, really, nobody wanted the job of changing you from the old man to the new man. No one wanted that job. You know, the father's thinking, I don't know if I want that job. Maybe I should just go and create another Jupiter. Jesus is going, hang on a minute. What's the father up to? Oh, I get it. I don't want that job either. And so he just says, well, you know, I just need a bit of a rest from being the Savior and, you know, being in hell for three days. So I don't want that job. And then the Holy Spirit is going, hang on a minute. I don't want that job either. Not if it involves Graham Cook. I mean, you know what he's like, 10 steps forward, 9 steps back, 4 steps forward, 18 steps back. Sheesh. I mean, he would keep me busy for like 100 years. So I don't want that job either. So what do we do? And one of them had the bright idea of, I know, why don't we just kill them and then we'll make them born again? Ta-da! All the old is gone. All the new is here. And all we have to do is just work on some habits because they won't have a sin nature anymore. And then we'll just teach them how to be righteous. 
We'll teach them how to be peaceful because anxiety is dead. We'll teach them how to be... Uh, how to receive the love of God because there's no such thing as fear anymore because that's dead. So it'll be great. We'll teach them to stop being miserable and we'll teach them the joy of the Lord. So, and we'll just call it the new man in Christ, living in fullness, walking in the promises and the blessing and the provision of God. And we will give them a standing unmatched by anything else in the world. We will outworld the world. <clears throat> so can you imagine that? There's nothing wrong with you, just something missing. So like if you're anxious, anxiety is not the problem because anxiety died on the cross. So what's missing? Peace. What's God going to focus on? He's not going to teach you how not to be anxious. He's going to teach you to be peaceful. If you have fear in your life, he is not going to send you to a seminar on how to get rid of fear because Jesus got rid of it. He's going to teach you how to live in perfect love. Why? Because perfect love casts out fear. The entrance of the positive always takes care of the negative. It's never about... Get working on the negative so the positive can come. The positive is here now. It's the negative that left ages ago, 2,000 years ago to be precise. So, nothing wrong, something missing. You have a standing in God. No need to let other people put you in a state. You know, so it all starts with how God sees you. And I love that whole thing in like Joshua chapter 1, you know, when he's uh, Joshua, Moses is dead, and Joshua has to lead people across the Jordan to the promised land. And he's thinking, I can't follow Moses. How do you follow perfection? I mean, he, he brought a million people out of the most occult, oppressive nation on earth. Um, I can't follow that act. And the Lord knows exactly where he is in his heart and his thinking. What's the first thing God says to him? Josh, just as I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. And you can almost imagine him going, oh, right, thank you. Because he knows what that's all about. He knows what it looks like, knows what it feels like. He was there. But what if the Father is saying to you, hey, just as I was with Jesus, so I will be with you in exactly the same way. I will love you in the same way that I've always loved him. So you need to relax. There's nothing wrong. There's just something missing. And I'm going to help you with what is missing. So we can have our testimony then is, as he is, so am I in this world. 1 John 4, 17. Or Christ in me, the expectation of something wonderful happening. Colossians 1, 27. I can do all things in Christ because he's totally going to strengthen me. Philippians 4.13. You know, you find your own scripture that gives you a reference for moments like this. And then what we're really talking about is the difference between what is true and what is truth. Only the truth can set you free. Now, it might be true that you've got a habit. Let's just say that getting angry easily is one of your habits. 
Okay, it's not a sin nature because it left. It's just a habit that needs to change. So the truth that sets you free is that God is giving you gentleness instead of anger. What if the biggest problem is not that you're angry, maybe it's that you're refusing the opportunity to be gentle or be kind or be patient. So what's the provision there for you in the nature of God that would stop anger and actually take you into a whole different place? So that what God gives you now replaces the habit that you don't need anymore. The truth is, who Jesus is in you. You're a new creation. All the old things have passed away. Everything has become new. So what am I saying here? Don't focus on what other people are doing and how it makes you feel. Focus on who God is for you, and that way you can take advantage of what other people are doing because they're just going to be pointing out the very thing that God wants to give you. If they're pointing out your anger, you're going to say, Lord, what's the opposite of anger? What is it you're doing? And that's what's missing. That's what you focus on. And the beautiful thing I like about this is you get to use what the enemy is doing against him. <laughs> Come on. How much fun is that? Nothing overwhelms you. Nothing gets you down because God is always using what the enemy is doing to point to what he's doing. So I love that. Now, it's like next to every major issue against us, there's a signpost saying the answer's that way. And God points you in a direction of what he is doing. So what I want you to do over the next few days is take a look at all the things that are being said against you. And maybe some of them might be true, but they're not the truth. It's the truth that sets you free. And Jesus is committed to speaking the truth in love. You know these people who say, brother, I'm saying this for your benefit. It's like, no, you're not, you lying toad. You're saying this for your benefit. And then they say everything that's wrong about you. And then they say, I'm only saying this in love. So I don't think you can even spell love right now. I think you're spelling love like vole or something, which is a blind, you know, marsupial thing. So I think in order for you to grow up in all things, you have to speak the truth in love to yourself. There's nothing wrong with me. There's something missing. God's just pointed it out, and I am going to receive something brilliant here. So this is a good day. Only God can turn something toxic into something gorgeous. So why don't you let him do that for you today? Why don't you actually let him say, Lord, could you just move in the opposite spirit so that I get a taste of who you are and what your nature is? Because the thing I love about you, Lord, is you don't change. You are the same towards me on my worst day as you are on my best because you never change. You like that about yourself. And you're always righteous. That means you can only ever do what's right, see what's right, think what's right. And that's what I love about you because I always feel safe with you. I always feel like no matter what's happening, you are totally 100% for me, even if I am being stupid, even if I'm being followed around by the spirit of stupid. You never change towards me. And that's why you're my rock. That's why you're my fortress. 
That's why you're my high tower and I run into you and I'm safe. So Father, here we are. I pray that people will run into you today, literally bump into you somewhere through their day and you will do something amazing that will turn this thing around and turn it on its head and cause us to prosper in something that the enemy meant for harm, that you will turn it for good. There's nothing toxic in our life that can work against us because Jesus is gold. He's the fabulous good news. And he will be something for me today because of who he is, not because of who I'm not. So, Father, I thank you for that. I hope you enjoyed that. I certainly did. And I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.